TC live show. We have a couple segments tonight. Um, we're going to begin with Weekend Wins featuring Patty Tercini uh, and Matt Lipsy. So Matt was able to catch Patty in uh, winning a recent race this weekend down near them in PA. Um, we tried to get Ro uh, Rhoda Smoker on the show, but due to some technical difficulties, um, to be continued, I will be interviewing her on Sunday. So we'll go deep uh, to have a deep dive into her recent fourth place at Coconona 250 and then subsequent win at the Massanut in 100 mile this past weekend. Very looking forward to talking to her and figuring out like how she does these things, how her body recovers. So going to be great. Stay tuned for that. And then we get into a special segment uh, this week uh, called with gendered double standards. So uh, Bethany Garrison leads a panel with Bethany Myers, Terry Smith, and Dominique King on uh, just the different um, experiences that men and women and non-binary, even non-binary folk uh and how they experience trail running and our sports. So very good discussion, and um, I know you'll enjoy it. So um, just a couple more things for me on the Trails Collective front. Um, we've got a lot of cool stuff going on. So if you check out, we've got um, our Patreon pages up, and so you can learn a little bit about the people that are directly supporting us. And if you want to do that, just head over to patreon.com slash the Trails Collective. And um, if you like what you're doing here, if you like what I'm doing with Ian, doing if you just want to see more east coast uh content and see us thrive on the east coast um consider sharing giving us some support um also we've got a couple of columns that are uh coming out weekly so we have a base beginning basics column and then we've got a trail towns column which is really interesting to learn about uh trails on the east coast um we have like uh thinking on your feet column which is a more meditative column and then we have a nutrition column that come out that each come out sorry words are escaping me you know it's it's early um that come out on each on the monday of each week um we're also looking for contributors so it even we don't need you to to have an idea for a column or to contribute something regularly. But if you do have something that you want to write about, a race report, or um, just something that's on your heart or on your mind, uh, feel free to reach out to me at tcinterviews at trailscollective.com. And we'd love to have just a guest post from you. Um, we love all the voices from our collective, and uh, we just want to keep highlighting you. So uh, yeah, if that's uh, something you'd want to do, we definitely would take it. And uh, without further ado, All right, Trails Collective world, thank you so much for being with us uh, this round of Trails Collective Live uh, coming at you on May 18th, 2022. For all those who may be catching the episode uh, after uh, its original air date, thank you so much for uh, tuning in, uh, checking it out. Uh, I'm excited for another round this evening. At the moment, I'm actually pretty exhausted. Uh, back into race season. I put on breakneck point trail runs uh, with my co-RD Ben uh, two weekends ago. 
This past weekend, I put on the Highlands Trail Festival in the Highlands of New Jersey and working about 19 hour days at the moment, and I am exhausted. Uh, so, uh, my apologies for coming in late. I am scrambling. I was actually up on an island uh, in the St. Lawrence River today, uh, surveying some land I bought up there. And um, just trying to pack in too much. I am grateful for all these opportunities, but um, I'm tired. Hence the uh, hence the, the, the kind of the whiskers coming in here. Just not time to stop and do much of anything. In any case, thank you for being with us for this round of Trails Collective Live. For those who are just tuning in, uh, we do what we can to bring together various facets of the trail running world. Uh, we started off uh, mainly and uh, stick to mainly a focus of uh, Northeast trail scene. Uh, historically, I think maybe not getting as much love uh, as it could for as much as we have going on and the extension uh, by uh, East Coast as well. Uh, and so we're looking to just highlight events and individuals and people doing cool things and uh, nonprofits and uh, ultimate goal of run shops and coaches and really tying in everything that speaks to the larger community, which is trail running, uh, which is so often a beautiful community. So thank you for all those who are supporting and either giving your time uh, with us in these episodes, whether it be chiming in. Uh, if you'd like to chime in on this episode or any of them, this is streaming live on my personal Facebook page, as well as the Trails Collective's Facebook page and YouTube channels. If you want to drop a question or comment in the live feed, uh, you can do so on the Trails Collective channels, uh, and we can uh, potentially patch them through to our guests and uh, bring you in. And thank you for those. And some of the comments after the fact, uh, still feel free to comment and uh, either myself or the guest may be able to follow up later. Uh, and they will be also available uh, wherever you find your podcast. Thank you to Ellie Pell for the work that she does on the back end to turn these into just audio only versions. In addition to all of the awesome work that she's doing with interviewing uh, other individuals uh, with the podcast. And um, yeah, and thank you to those uh, who are supporting, uh, again, what we're doing. Can uh, those uh, on the back end, I know some of you are uh, in, the, in the hopper there. Can you hear me? Is my audio working? Give me a thumbs up. All right, cool. My light's not on, so it just caught that maybe not. Um, so I'm glad that that's, uh, that's working. So we're, we're getting somewhere here. Uh, so uh, thank you to those who are supporting. We've had three new Patreon supporters over this past week or so. Thank you so much to those who, uh, and Valerie Dreisen, uh, thank you so much for uh, your show's support. Uh, we do what we can to turn it back into the uh, community uh, pretty directly. So thank you. Uh, we had some several events, or at least a handful of events that ran this past weekend. Uh, one was Rock the Ridge. Uh, it is a really beautiful course that uses the carriage trails around the Mohonk Preserve and benefits the Mohonk Preserve in the uh, uh, um just east of the Catskills in New York. Very, very beautiful trails. Great event for uh, first timers, as well as those looking for a fast time. It's a really well-supported uh, event, uh, and it is a fundraiser event for the Mohonk Preserve. Uh, Brandon Talaseski, who we've uh, had on a couple times over this past year, took the overall win in 6.10, and top women on, woman on the day went to uh, Yana Veloskova uh, in 8.01. Another one that's just starting uh, right now, I think actually maybe tomorrow, sometime this week, uh, is Infinitus. Uh, it is uh, a beast in and of itself. It ranges uh, distances from nine miles up to 888K. I think that's what was starting uh, this week and going into the weekend. Uh, one that I put on was the Highlands Trail Festival. This was the uh, revision of the Iron Mines race that I put on in 2019. 
And this is in the Highlands um, Mountain Lake region of northern New Jersey, which many people just don't know exists at all. It's very beautiful, uh, rugged, uh, feels pretty remote. You've got some slabs and some vistas, and uh, it's really quite remarkable. Uh, the metrics are very much beast coast. It's got a lot of technical terrain. It also has a lot of elevation, elevation gain and loss, uh, probably up there or more than most in the country. Uh, and so it's a, it's a beast. We had a nice uh, weekend for it. It was quite muggy. Uh, pretty thick out there, uh, but everything thankfully went pretty smooth. As is seemingly more and more the case with trail events, some of our markers got stripped. Uh, we responded uh, when we could, uh, but really I think um, most everybody was just grateful to uh, be out there. Uh, and so we had some really competitive fields out there as well. Uh, in the 25K, uh, Ian Schultes emerged on top in a fairly competitive uh, top three uh, vying for that win. Uh, Ellie Pell set off to do the 50K, but uh, Dropped to the 25K for the win there. In the 50K, Sam Kirk got out after it and looked fantastic. Uh, was able to hold off a uh, perennial favorite of a lot of East Coast Trail races. Uh, ben Nephew for the win in 533 uh, with Laura Kepich, uh, top female in the day in 927. Uh, in the 50 mile, uh, Merrick uh, Simcoe took the overall win in 1221 and Claire Green in 1738. And then the uh, long one of the day, the 100K, which I don't even remember how much elevation gain we have in this 100K. Um, it's probably, I don't know, 15,000 feet of gain or something to that effect over really technical terrain. Um, we only had two finishers, uh, and the rest just weren't able to get in under the 19-hour cutoff or just didn't have it in them for that course. Uh, coming in just under the wire at 11.53 p.m., we had a, a uh, 11.59 uh, p.m. cutoff was Jason Friedman. It's pretty outstanding. His phone was long dead. He wasn't wearing watch. And when he came in, he thought it was around 1230 AM. Uh, and actually it was 1153. And so he made it in just under, and it's always really fun to watch the final finishers come in. I think uh, for me and for uh, probably most RDs, it is really fun to watch the top uh, and competitive fields uh, duke it out in the front. That is a lot of fun. But it's equally, if not more, I think important uh, and more satisfaction in seeing the final finishers come in. Uh, there's a lot of stress and a lot of energy and a lot of emotion that goes into uh, putting on events. Uh, and you never really know how it's going to go uh, until the final finisher is in and accounted for. And so there's a just a sigh of emotional relief where you can just breathe knowing that all your runners are in and accounted for, uh, let alone the people that are getting in under the wire uh, and for those that are getting under the wire, it usually means they're out there for hours and hours after the uh, uh, the top finishers are out there. Uh, in this case, like just under 19 hours for Jason Friedman. I mean, that's such a long time. And so it's it's truly uh, incredible to see them come in. And then in front of him for the win uh, in a truly just phenomenal effort was Justin Kowski. Uh, Justin, uh, I think, has racked up some of the most number of FKTs in the country or he's up there in the leaderboard. Uh, he's a little uh, shifty on what to make of uh, FKTs and the number of, uh, that people do, because really you could go out and do any number of uh, ones that I don't know, it could be in your backyard to run up the tally. Um, so, but a phenomenal effort, uh, does really well over technical terrain, has done a lot of long self-supported efforts. And over this one, he finished the 100K just looking phenomenal. Uh, word has it, as I was with my aid station crew at the last aid station uh, before they broke down, to, as I was checking to be sure everybody came through, 
they just mentioned that Justin had made it through, but he had uh, pretty much downed a pretty much a full two liter of Coke uh, in the prior to that last five or six miles. So he came in, no doubt, pretty uh, juiced on uh, caffeine and uh, he looked fantastic. And the overall win was 14 hours and 50 minutes. Uh, and so that was truly just phenomenal. Uh, so I was thankful and grateful for that. Um, no doubt I missed some. Uh, we are going to, one of our first guests here will comment on a, uh, another event that went down in PA. And then the other one uh, with our second guest of the night that we'll get to uh, is Rhoda Smoker, which I'm stoked to have back on and speak a little bit on Massanutten. Uh, Massanutten, for those who don't know, is a 100-mile race down in Virginia. Uh, started back in 1995, uh, Virginia Happy Trails uh, Running uh, Club, a really great community. And so this is one of the longstanding uh, just classics in the country. And so, uh, that went down. Uh, Paul Jacobs, uh, was the overall winner. He ran the second fastest time in course history, which is quite remarkable. There's been some fast people that have come through there and especially with it going back to 1995, uh, in a time of, actually, I didn't write down the time, but it was pretty fast. Uh, and then Rhoda, uh, Smoker, uh, took the women's win in 2535. Uh, not only is that pretty, awesome just in and of itself uh but to follow it up where it's a back-to-back -back effort with the cocodona 250 just a week prior um, where she was fourth uh, female finisher in i believe is truly just astounding uh so we will dig in maybe to mass nothing here in just a little bit all right um so let's bring in a couple um guests which i'm stoked to have um, I will bring in the Matrix Lasagna. Always good to have you, brother. And Patty uh, Turasini, how are you? Good. Good. Hey, um, hey, Patty. Hi, Matt. And so I think there's something still, but you guys can hear me. I think there's something where something's not working on here because I'm hearing you guys rather than in my mic. And so let me know if we're getting feedback. I'm not really sure what's going on, but if it sounds okay, I'll just keep rolling and not worry about it in the moment. Sounds, Sounds good over here. Yeah, me too. Uh, Sounds good. All right. Um, so, uh, Matrix, I am going to let you lead in because uh, you put this event uh, on my radar, uh, a tribute event and just a sounds like a nice event in and of itself. So lead in with just what the event is uh, and the format, and then we will uh, talk about how Patty uh, rocked the field. Sure. Uh, so this event that Patty won recently here is called the, um, the Spring Trail Run. And it's in honor of Jen Steck. And she was one of the probably one of the best female trail runners in Pennsylvania. And she passed away while running. Uh, she had a heart attack. I'm not sure how long ago that was, but I remember the first year I ran Heiner in 2014, everybody was wearing uh, like little Jen Steck remembrance, um, like a purple ribbon or something for Jen. And then if you have ever run like the Mega Transect or Boulder Beast, there's a plaque out in the middle of the woods at um right at the beginning of the boulder field where it says in remembrance of jen steck so uh, a lot of people know who she was she was from the scranton area um so it's in, in a remembrance of her uh and it's it's kind of unique because it's age uh handicapped so there's and i think these numbers come from like usa track and field so they're not just any old numbers they're legit numbers so patty got to start right on time and yes. <laughs> the people that were 35 and under had to start 16 minutes and 50 seconds behind her. But I'm not sure that would have really mattered 
because she was crushing it. And I got a little video here. I can do a screen share, I think. Right, Ian? Yeah, let's see if we can uh, make that happen. I think that we okay. can go. I'll do. Oh, I can do share screen there. All right, cool. It. So can you tell me when you can see it? Can you see it now? I cannot, but there's got to be a way that we can figure this out in the moment. Um, Entire screen. Share um, system audio. Um, apologies for those that are watching. Um, Matt was trying to figure this out with me uh, earlier, but I was on the road all day. So bear with us here. And let's try to figure <laughs> this out because I want to, I kind of want to see the clip okay, uh, as I well. Think. Um, I'm seeing share screen on my end, but I'm not seeing it on your end, Matt. Yeah. I, I have a button here. that says share screen. Um, Hi skeeter. <laughs> I have it. It says share screen. Uh, okay. Let's do it. Ellie, are you on in the back end? Are you able to, um, I know you've done the back end share screen uh, before. Oh. Wait, I think I got it. Okay. Can you see that? Nope. I can see your cute face and Patty's cuter <laughs> face. Like a, there's a thing that says stop sharing. So it's like a yellow, yellow box around it. Dang it. You can't see that. That's all right. While well, you, you keep figuring it out, but let's lead in and talk about just like the format though. Um, so Patty, one, you've one of the things I want, yes, one of the yeah. things I wanted to say is it's not only age graded, it's also gender graded. Um, so I do get at the age of 70, um, I got to go out when the clock started. Um, and sometimes that's a little bit challenging only because there is no one in front of me. I have to make sure that I don't get lost. Um, so I'm always grateful when the trail is marked very well. Um, and I have to kind of pace myself. Um, because there's nobody for me to follow and kind of motivate me, I guess you'd say. I run alone the whole time. <laughs> so that's got to feel pretty cool, though. I mean, one of the things, and uh, so, for instance, some of the trail sisters uh, uh, sanctioned or certified or approved races out there, one of the things is giving uh, equal footing on that line to women as well as men. Uh, for you, I imagine if you were in not that format of race, you wouldn't necessarily, and I, I shouldn't, I shouldn't assume that, um, but I would guess that many, um, wouldn't necessarily get up there and budge out some of the, uh, testosterone looking beefcakes on that, uh, front line or the, uh, little weaselly fast speedsters like matrix lasagna there. So, so for you, but like getting out there in front and just like leading, I mean, that's got to be pretty cool because maybe you don't always get that opportunity. But then, two, you become the prey where everybody's just hunting you down. That, that's very true. A lot of times I feel like I have a target on my back because people are out to get me, obviously. And the whole idea of the age gender grading is so that basically everybody would finish around the same time. Uh -huh. um, so, Which is cool. Years ago, I uh, lived in Scotland for just a short stint and ran with a, a running group over there where they did all their workouts where it was staggered like that with the hope of you're just running everybody down and finishing around the same time. And it was really fun uh, for you and this and to your point and the target on your back, we should probably really help you make up a uh, singlet for next year since you're kind of the the um, the perennial now favorite of this event and literally just maybe have a graphic of a target on your back and says, I don't know, come get me youngsters or something like that, or uh, what it would say. Well, I learned once uh, I did when I did the fall race once I was coming in at the end 
And the photographer said, you have it, you have it. And I'm like, I still, I turned around because I thought I heard somebody behind me. I fell, but I got up and I still won, but you know, <laughs> I That's learned good. to never turn around in a race. Jeez, what a show off. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Still got up and still dusted the field. And, and so this is one you've done a couple times, right? Um, so this yes. wasn't your, yes. your first, first win. No, um, I won the, the, this particular one, the Genstech Memorial one, I won this four times and the fall race, I won, I think two or three times in the fall. Um, I, I, I'm not a positive, but I think I might be the first woman or if not the second, I'm not hundred percent positive. I was first or second woman to win the uh, fall trail run ever. Outright, uh-huh. you know, overall win it. And that's awesome. That's awesome. You, I feel like I'm seeing those more and more, and particularly you just go up in distance and uh, with women taking the overall win uh, in events. Um, last night I was at my oldest daughter's uh, track meet and uh, she's in seventh grade and their modified uh, relay team has a pretty fast uh, girls relay. And they're always uh, just racing right there neck and neck with some of the, the boys teams. And I just have such a fun time just I don't know. I think seeing the kind of the look in like the boys' faces or whatever is they're just about to get like hammered or whatever by these phenomenal uh, girl runners, and I don't. I enjoy it, and so uh, for you to be taking that uh, year over year is pretty awesome as well. And is your margin growing as you're getting older, or you just like are they giving up and you're just getting? (laughs) Well, I actually think I improved with age. Um, I I have some some records and I have some road running records also. Um, so, you know, I, I guess kind of the moral of my story is that, you know, I didn't start running until I was 57 years old. Um, and I didn't start trail running until I was 62 years old. And I would always say to my husband, he'd go out on the trails with his friends. And I'm like, oh, I'm not a trail runner. And he'd say, just come and try. And my daughter's a trail runner. So it kind of was like a family thing. So I said, okay, I'll try. Um, and obviously, I love trail running. I enjoy it. And some of my best friends are trail runners, obviously. And so is it fairly even split for you at the moment, preference for a road trail? And do you have any uh, kind of targets or bucket lists or things that you're considering? Oh, well, one thing I would love to do is I'd love to do the Mount Washington race. Um, My husband did that once and I was quite envious. That's something that I would really like to do. And you said trail running was at 62. When did you just start running outright? You said that was 57 years old, 57 which is why, you know, I, I think maybe some of my success because I'm not worn down as much as people. Yeah, you're fresh. Early on. Well, you know what? I was all, well, I'm 70. So, you know, they didn't have a lot of women's sports when I was young in high school and I'm only five foot, you know, so uh, basketball wasn't for me and it was only basketball and softball. That was all they had. So um, I never considered myself an athlete, but uh, I, I hold record to at the Scranton half. I, the record there by eight minutes and so does my husband we both have the record for 65 to 69 that's awesome so, and in delaware senior grandmaster there so and so are things. your times still getting quicker at this point yeah my times are getting quicker yeah i feel like I'm that's getting fantastic quicker. yeah better and better <laughs> and i've awesome. and i've been through you know what i've been through like many injuries 2018 i had two stress fractures in my femur not one but two um you know i've had meniscus surgery i've had groin pulls i've had you name it i've had it but i never give up i just i do what the doctor says i follow my orders and as soon as i can get back i stick to the program they give me and i do it and um sometimes i think i come back stronger because i have that time off to rehab and regroup 
mm-hmm. physical therapists everywhere like have got to be applauding you because I feel like the the physical therapists are never thought of as as doctors and they are and people just like like you go to the physical therapist and they say you say well what should I do I want to get better and this physical therapist tells you what to do and people just go mm, I'm gonna do kind of some of that but not all of that so the fact that you're doing it I mean is that's what needs to be done. Like, I, I mean, physical therapists everywhere, if they're listening, they're just like, yes, finally, someone who does it. And it works. What I tell it's, you. It, it's so true, though. And that is so definitely true. I really believe in physical therapy. And are you doing all the strength work on top for daily routine as opposed to just I, running? Well, I, yeah, I have a Peloton. I love my Peloton. Mm-hmm. Um, I do the biking. And then in addition to the biking, I do like a yoga workout. I, I lift mini weights. Like, you know, there's not, I'm not too big. I'm a tiny little person, but I lift, lift weights to just try to keep my strength up. Um, so usually I work out about an hour a day and my daughter teaches fitness classes. So I take every fitness class that she's ever taught, I think. Um, so that helps to keep me in shape also. Um, and I, and I mountain bike and my husband, my, my, my coach, my husband, or you, (laughs) No, it's on the bottom. It says Leo's come. come oh, she has a great coach. Yeah, great my coach. husband. <laughs> she has a great cheerleader too. I mean, just saying, yeah. who's there? Yes, yeah. I, like Dude. I said, my. You know what? And it's I run with a lot younger people, people that are about twenty years younger than I am, and I think that that's helpful. Also, that's an inspiration to me um, because I try to keep up with them. <laughs> And, and Leo and, and Patty doesn't. She doesn't talk smack before races, but Leo does for her. I was, <laughs> I was out. Um, I wasn't running the race. I was just watching, getting some footage and filming and stuff. And Leo came over to me. And he's like, "Hey, you're not running, are you?" I was like, "No, I'm not running." He's like, "Good, because she would smoke it." And I was just like, hey, <laughs> "Take it easy." Man. I don't think so. <laughs> that would be awesome, Patty. If you just started talking smack on the line, the lines there, that would be fantastic. Hmm. All right. So what uh, what else you got coming up uh, this year? Anything that you're signed up for that you're looking forward to? Well, uh, the Wyoming Valley Striders, the organization that ran this race this weekend, um, they do a Triple Crown series. So um, I'm part of that series. So I'm going to finish up. They have a 20K. There's this three-part race series. So I'm having that coming up. And I don't know. I'm, I'm game for anything. It's game for anything. That's I, Well, stuff. yeah. And yeah. I just moved. Lackawanna State Park was my home park. And now RV Winter is my home state park so i did the race the night before the race i i moved from scranton to lewisburg area and yeah i was at the and then came was back at the storage the yeah i was at the storage <laughs> unit at 9 9 p.m and came back for the race in the morning so right, right on well maybe i can pull you uh, a bit north up to uh, some of my uh, events at the oh moment. i would love it so if and you I check out my, any family, re- my family would love it too oh right on well yeah. if you check out any of the red newt racing lineup uh, let me know and i can uh, get you dialed in there all right. Sounds great. Right on. Well, Patty, uh, congrats on another win. And hopefully we can follow up with you again, uh, if not before this time next year with yet another win. And we can hear about the trash talking as well as the target on your back. All right. Sounds good. I love and it. if we can get the um, and we'll <laughs> some point weave in that clip that uh, Matt has of you. And sorry, we couldn't get that uh, tech worked out. Uh, in OK, sounds order. great. Yeah, right on. Thank Patty, you. Thank you for so having me. Totally. Thanks, Matt. Yep. All right. Um, all right. Um, matrix, you want to stay on for Rota or do you want to check out of that back end? You got a, uh, I can check out of the back end. I want to try to get this footage going. I'm not sure. Uh, cool. maybe Ellie could help me out with it. Sounds good. All right. Thanks, man.
All right, so bring in Rhoda. <laughs> Rhoda. Dude, that's um that's I don't know. Uh, are, are you tired? Sore? Give me something that you're actually somewhat mortal. Other, other than maybe that's tired. Maybe your screen freezing is indicative of you're just tired, man. Um, and so you're like, I'm I'm gonna take a I'm gonna take a breather right now on screen. I'm just gonna freeze here for a second because I just ran a Cocodona 250 followed by Massanutten. And it's tired, and my computer needed needed to break. But it's yeah. Well, so um, for those who don't know, I'm going to cue in and Rhoda. You can um, if you can still hear me, you can try logging out, logging back in. Um, I'm not sure if it was something that was similar last week. Oh, there you are. Oh, kind of maybe mm, mm, jumping around. Um. So as you maybe figure that out, again, you can try logging on and, and logging back in, um, but truly phenomenal. So Rhoda uh, has not only had some just long event uh, wins, but also some FKTs. Uh, it seems like longer, the tougher, the better, um, but this just kind of takes it to a whole, whole new level. Uh, it was fun to watch her um, in the Cocodona 250 just two weeks ago. Uh, we were tracking her live throughout the, um, the days that it was running uh, in the store. And it was cool to see her moving, moving through. Um, let me see. Let's go here and let's go there. And you are at least, I think you're moving. We got facial movement. And so it's awesome to track you uh, there. And then when you said you, what you had coming on deck was mass and nothing. No, I think you're freezing again the following uh, week. I was like, that's crazy. Um, but you not only stepped into the mix, but you, you took the win, which is pretty incredible. So, um, if you don't freeze here, give me something that you're still human and actually, um, not a robot. Uh, try to try to <laughs> all sorts of tech issues. All right. So try to, I, I don't, I don't have audio. Can you, um, see if you can click something with your audio you might have in your setting or something. Um. <laughs> All right. Um, and are you on Google Chrome this time too? All right. Yeah, I still can't hear you. All right. If you're not, try Google Chrome. I am going to maybe move into the uh, panel. I want you on that uh, next panel coming up uh, as well. So we'll weave you in on that front if we can get it uh, live and going. Um, maybe we will either continue after the pa panel or we're going to have a whole different uh, Rhoda uh, segment here. And I know you got an interview long form coming up with Ellie as well. Um, yeah, you're still moving. I just don't have your audio. Um, I don't know. Um, but keep working on it. So and, and just I don't know when you feel like maybe we got audio, just say something and I'll bring you in. So I'm going to keep you on that back end. As you continue playing with it. You can try logging out, logging back in. Um, but I'm going to bring in the panel. Um, in the interim. Uh, and again, you keep working on it. All right. So uh, also joining us in this episode, uh, which I am uh, stoked for the opportunity to have you all on. Uh, let's bring them in. Uh, we've got Bethany. Um, Gerritsen, are you still on? There you are coming into the mix. 
Uh, we will have uh, Bethany uh, Gerritsen. We're bringing in Bethany Myers and Terry Smith. Uh, in there. And I'm getting a little bit of feedback. And if any of you have headphones, see if you can don those. Um, and so, Bethany, um, you had made a, I think, post on your social media stream or maybe Facebook. It was maybe a month or so ago. And I think that you had, oh, and Dominique, there you are as well. And Dominique King as well. Sorry, I thought one person wasn't going to be able to uh, be on with us. Um, so you had made a post uh, on your social media um, maybe a month or so ago and maybe working on a book or an article. Mm -hmm. um, can you remind me what that was as the lead in? Yeah, definitely. So I am, um, I'm just setting up an Insta Live too this all right cool. um so uh instagram great tool to connect with people uh across the country and uh, i know we have some uh west coast uh people on so uh i'm working on a book that is it's a bit memoir but it's really it's about the 46 unsupported through hike and that katie rhodes and i did in 2020 and then i look at my life through the lens of hiking and I started hiking when I was 23. And I, you know, I teach this field at Paul Smith College. We talk about diversity and inclusion in the outdoor industry, how it's lacking in that, um, you know, the very racist, sexist background of this in industry and what we can do about it. And with that, I shared some of my book, which is, it's not out there. It's not out yet. It's um, being written at the moment, but I did a little, you know, blurb on some of the comments I got my first season hiking. And I, my background is, um, my mom's a badass. She was a four sport athlete and a coach. And she was one of the first female athletes under the wave of Title IX to be able to participate in high school sports. So I grew up with her. And I grew up playing soccer and basketball, and I did that on a college level too. And I just never experienced some of these sexist attitudes that I got on trail and in the woods. And I grew up in the woods and, um, you know, know how to make a fire and can very much take care of myself. But, you know, I've been stopped on trail by, um, you know, DEC officers asking what's in my pack, what gear do I have? Do I have the 10 essentials? I've been asked by solo male hikers if I'm hiking solo as a female and um, why I'm doing that, if I'm carrying a pistol um, multiple times. And so it's just like, and that was just within like the first month of hiking. And, you know, it was, it was um, a little bit, you know, startling to me in a way coming from the college scene of playing sports and then, um, that was my first impression of trail running and hiking in the high peaks. Which is, uh, yeah, uh, so unfortunate. Uh, and and so I think when I saw that, I mean, the only thing that I think I can do is be like, that sucks. Um, and, you know, what can I do? I, I, I think that... Um, I have my own probably inherent uh, biases. There will be a continued uh, work in progress or an evolution. Uh, but it's how can I use, I guess, my platform through something like this from the media lens or as an RD or as a run shop owner, run shop owner 
uh, to uh, try to continue to make those changes. And so uh, from this vantage point, it was like, wow, you know, these things uh, aren't talked about uh, as much as they should. Uh, and, you know, maybe there's not always a platform to do so. So that was reaching out and saying, you know, at least I could do to, to try to foster uh, greater discussion and greater awareness. Um, and as I mentioned in the email to all of you, um, I didn't feel like it was my place to necessarily want to define or put parameters or even moderate that. Like, I feel like, I don't know, like I, I don't want it to necessarily be coming from my vantage point. I more want to uh, listen and become increasingly aware and to try to figure out what I can do from there. Um, so I'm grateful that you are all up to uh, being a part of sharing your voices, your experiences uh, with anybody who may uh, listen uh, in the hopes that uh, we can all become uh, better people and then it will make the trail community just a better scene uh, as a result. Um, so with that said, I will drop to the back end. I'll still be on here. Um, if there's a need uh, to pull me through, I'd be more than happy to. Um, but otherwise, I'd more rather just um, drop back and, and just listen. Uh, so let me know if you need it. Um, otherwise, I will uh, turn it over to the four of you and I'll be uh, excited to be listening in the back end. Great. Thank you, Anne. And thank you for allowing us to have this platform. So at this point, there's um, four of us as panelists on here. And um, I'll introductions just with myself. I'm Bethany Gerritsen, and I'm an athlete out of the Northeast in the Adirondack Mountains. And I have a little dog here right now that wants to go outside. Um, but I um, am doing just, I do a lot of teaching. Um, I'm a writer and I also am working on some fastest known times. And so if we can just go around real quick and introduce ourselves um, quickly, like where we're from and what um, portion of like the trail community we're a part of. And I'm just gonna pass it to the person I see on my right. Uh, the other Bethany, Bethany Myers. Hey, thanks. Can you guys hear me? Yep. Okay. Um, yeah, I am from the Columbia County area, Hudson Valley region, but I grew up um, hiking in the Berkshires, Catskills, and lower Adirondacks. Uh, I'm actually a healthcare provider now and have taken upon myself to rediscover my love of nature in order to kind of get through. Um, and I guess that's my little platform is I didn't realize how... Um, much gender roles really impacted my stepping back from nature until very recently when I have uh, two German Shepherd dogs and have gotten out there again. Thanks, Bethany. Terry Smith. Hi, um, I'm Terry. I'm actually from the West Coast, calling in from Portland, Oregon. And I am a trail runner, a cross country skier, um, and then also. That's what I like to do when I like to get active, but I'm also really involved in kind of the back end of trail running. I just recently retired from being a race director for a 50K and 25K out here that we do in February, which is the worst time of the year to have a race, but um, we put that on for five years. So I have that experience as a race director. Uh, I also do race photography. Um, so kind of that's another, you know, area where it's mostly, you know, men that are taking the photos out there, but there's a few of us that are 
trying to band together. Um, I also do ham radio stuff for races. I coordinate ham radio teams. Again, another world that is really, really segmented and very male dominated. And that's been interesting to work in. And then um, I think I'm here mostly though, because I am part of a women who FKT kind of grassroots movement that we started um, at the beginning of the year, trying to encourage women to get out and use FKTs as a way to claim a space on the trails to learn, um, you know, how, like how to do kind of like the next level of um, progression from, you know, like we might start with trail races and stuff, but when you're talking about getting into like the, like the hard, longer stuff, the harder stuff, FKTs can be a really good bridge to that. Um, so we are trying to get more women out doing that. And then also just really celebrate the women that are doing amazing things. It has been really astounding how much um, response we've had just to having like when women realize that we are celebrating what they're doing, they're so excited and they're so grateful. And so that's kind of, you know, like what we're really having a good time with is um, just trying to promote what women are already doing out there. It's pretty amazing and it doesn't always get a lot of coverage. So that's kind of yeah. my story. Yeah. Uh, sports, women's sports in general, not, not a lot of coverage. The stats are pretty, pretty appalling on that. Rhonda Smoker. Oh, I can't hear you. Oh, no. no, I can hear you now. Nope. Gar, thank you for trying again, Rhoda. Um, <laughs> I'm Rhoda, sorry. sorry. Yeah. All right, sorry. I'll pull you back out. Maybe you and I will set up a separate session. Just you and I, and we'll try to figure out the uh, what's going on, and then we'll bring you back in on the next one. Sorry to mispronounce your name, Rhoda. Uh, Dominique King. Hello, can you guys hear me okay? Yep. Okay, perfect. So my name is Dominique King. I am from Antioch, California, West Coast. Um, and I am a trail runner specifically. My area in trail running is long distance. Um, I've been doing that for about, I would say, close to seven, five to six years now. Um, where I come in is I'm also, I have the platform leading with the Kings that specialize in marriage, family, and fitness. And my husband is a runner now. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for that one. Um, um, so we specialize in getting the trails more inclusive and adding diversity and making sure that women feel safe coming out. We also have our, our podcast grow up while where we, you know, showcase women, everyday women who run. Um, we, we truly believe that by highlighting everyday women, that it allows other women to see that it's possible for them to get out there and give it a try. Um, and I also am a commissioner for my city's parks and recreation board where, you know, just getting into that background and making sure that the trails are a safe experience and people know how to respect and just honor their time out there and understand like the indigenous aspect to the trails that where we, uh, take, go out and enjoy ourselves on every day. So that's me. Yeah. We do a lot of amazing stuff out in California. We have an Antioch, New Hampshire. Um, so what this is going to look like, we're going to wrap up. I got a time on us. Um, I think we're going to do about 30 minutes Q and a and, um, go around and I'll start with some prompt questions.
questions and direct them um, at each participant. And then um, we're going to open up the floor for you to share as well. And then if we have any questions from audience members, we will try to address them too. And um, just try to be, we'll just see where this goes. Um, this is a free flowing panel. And so uh, who wants the first question? Go for it. <laughs> okay, Bethany, I saw you. Um, all right. The, so the first question is, when do you feel you were like first aware of gender norms or gender stereotypes or roles within your own upbringing? Yeah. So uh, interesting, and I, I don't mean to hang up on the word aware, but uh, subjected to, yes, aware of, only extremely recently, I think. Um, I definitely, I grew up uh, very rural. My family has a farm, actually. Um, so I grew up, like, um, outside, you know, hardworking, hands in the dirt kind of thing. And um, at least in my immediate family, it was never discouraged. It was always, in fact, encouraged to keep up. And we we're all very important parts of the team. Um, but it seemed to be whenever I would branch out that I would, uh, looking back now, recognize like, holy moly, my brother was never subject to any of that. Um, you know, just simple things as far as going literally anywhere alone, whereas I have a better sense of direction, you know, attention to detail, those sorts of things. It was by all means entirely qualified, but just out of the nature of society and the roles apparently we are told, uh, really, I guess, felt limited in that or felt that I was there and in the wrong for pursuing a lot of things that I was, you know, really passionate about, which I haven't discovered until recently, getting back into them. This is what makes me tick. That's what always made me tick. <clears throat> yeah, right. so I guess very early, but I never discovered it or looked into it and reflected on it until the last uh, two years, really, the pandemic, honestly. Mm. Yeah, I've been reflecting on it on different levels at different parts in my life and was certainly described as a tomboy growing up. And so I didn't really think too much of it. Um, but I think as I got older, those, those words I thought about more and just like what certain even like words are used to describe yeah. men yeah. and women and as athletes. Yeah, for me, there's definitely even a large part of my childhood, teenagehood, etc., <clears throat> where I sort of would wear that as a badge of honor because I would just say, well, mm. yeah, sure, call me whatever you want. That's what I am. That's what I'm doing. Um, but I definitely, through the like more competitive years of academics in my upper end of my school, you know, started to get away from that because it wasn't, I needed to conform in order to, you know, place higher on certain things and being a badass or a tomboy wasn't um, ideal. Yeah. What I found interesting, uh, I used in a class once there was a paper done and I found it really interesting because it studied terms and words used around gender and tomboy, you know, if that's thrown on you as an athlete, sometimes it's a compliment like, oh, you're a tomboy, you know, you're like, you're rough, you're tough, like you're fast. 
But then if you're a boy and you're called a sissy, it's degrading. It's in a degrading hmm. way. And it's more of like a feminine term. So like tomboy is more of a masculine term. And at the end of these sentences, we are applauding boys and not applauding girls, essentially, in sports. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, who wants the next one? Or let's like, are there any thoughts, any more thoughts on that? Whenever I have a question out there, let's keep it open to the floor. So I just want to come from a different perspective because I'm hearing you guys say that, you know, from your childhood upbringing, certain terms that were used like tomboy um, for me, and I don't know if I can speak for all women of color, obviously I cannot, mm -hmm. but um, those terms weren't something that were uh, referred to in our home. If you were a woman, you were expected to be able to perform and do it all and be independent. Um, on the scale of sports, you weren't really, for me, it wasn't a comparison between do you play like a boy or do you play like a girl? It's like, do you play well or do you mm -hmm. not play well? And then once you reach a certain level, um, if you could keep up with the boys, then you were seen as being like you were a good player or good at what you do. Um, Versus once you beat out the girls, you just beat out the girls. Mm -hmm. So just a, a little bit of different experience versus what you guys were. were referring yes. To. No. Yeah. And that's, that's what this is for too. Thank you. Yeah. That's really interesting. I actually, um, when, so I just turned 50 this year. So I, I, uh, you know, I, I feel like I've seen, you know, so many changes in all of this. Mm -hmm. And like Bethany said, though, there's so much learning that I'm only beginning, you know, to do now and things that I didn't really think about at the time that were actually very limiting. I was a soccer player and I got to play on the boys team when I was in eighth grade. And, um, like that was, you know, like that was a really interesting experience because they just didn't have a place for, you know, girl, that many girls to, to be playing. And so, you know, I kind of went through that. And then I remember in high school, um, we had a powder puff, you know, football game and I played, you know, I was the quarterback. Um, and I remember one of the guys saying, wow, of all of, you know, all of the girls out here, like she's the only athlete. And I was really proud of that at the time. But like now I realize like, like it's horrifying, right? Like that was certainly not true. It was ridiculous. And so like, I feel like there's, you know, all these things that just have always been working on me that I just, you know, you, I never questioned, never thought about, never looked at. And, um, and definitely, I, you know, want to do a better job and uh, of understanding all these things and seeing like how it evolved. So yeah, that's definitely been something I've dealt with so many things that I thought, I thought that, you know, it was like, we were taught that we'd arrived like, you know, Oh, you know, we're, we're all equal now. Like we're good. And like, that really wasn't the case. So um, yeah, that's been interesting to, to understand. But. Yeah. All right. Next question. Who wants to start it off? I'll, I could, or let's let okay. Dominique do it. I saw Dominique's hand first. Yeah. All right. So next question. Um, what are some of the things that you think about when you step out onto trail? And you can take this in the context of I'm a woman. I am, you know, whatever, wherever you want to take it. It's like, what do you think about like when you're going out on trail and like when you're interacting with people on trail? And yeah, we'll go from there. 
So I think this is a great question. And I kind of want to start when I started trail, when I started running trail, every time I stepped out, I thought about how guilty I felt for going mm -hmm. out on trail, because as a mom, there's no cell phone reception. So how, you know, there's no communication with my kids or my husband. Um, there's, I'm going out in a so-called dangerous environment. Um, so I'm putting myself at risk. I'm uh, negating some of the things that maybe I could be doing during the day that kind of fall into quote unquote gender roles. So the first time that I kept that I was out there, it was about first getting rid of the guilt to be out mm -hmm. there. And now when I go out there, um, it's really about just going clear and thinking about what centers me and why I'm enjoying what I'm, I'm doing. And also at the same time, it's one of those things I think as a woman, you can't completely let go, right? Everyone talks about running free and you're wild, but I always have a sense where my, you know, my eyes are open, my ears up because I have to be um, conscious or aware that I am a woman. I am out there running and, you know, I'm not always, my fear is crazy to say it's not the animals, it's the people. And mm -hmm. most, you know, I don't want to be stereotypical, but it's my awareness of the men that are out there. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm thinking about. Yeah. Great kickoff for that question. Yeah. Who else to wants that, to come in? Yeah. I was just going to say to that point, that was not something that I had recognized I was even carrying for the longest time until very recently. I've had a lot more friends and women as I become more active on social media, you know, reaching out to me and talking with me and reconnecting with me, saying things to that point of, oh my gosh, you're so brave. You're so this, you're so that, you know, I, I just can't believe that you get out and do, you know, do this and do that. And can you show me how? And, and until that started happening, now I recognize the same exact thing. Like it was guilt keeping me away for a lot of years in that sense as well, because the like, groceries need to be done and the laundry needs to be done and it's my job. And yeah, I don't think I, I never even let it be a possibility in my brain that, that, that this was something that was okay to put first would be me getting out on trail. So Yeah, I have to, I mean, I feel the same way. My kids are now old enough that I don't need to worry about them anymore and they're independent, but it, for, for sure, just that guilt. And like, I have just started doing solo overnight backpacks and things mm -hmm. like that. Um, and just thinking about all those issues and even still, even though that they are fully grown, just those thoughts still go through my head. And I, I know at one point Ian said that he wanted to know like, what, you know, what can men do um, to help us get out there? And I would say um, for me, like, <sighs> If you, you know, if you're meeting somebody that's going out and doing something on their own, you know, solo like that, that you like, you might have the thought, oh my gosh, that sounds dangerous. Let me tell me, tell you all about the ways you might be scared. Like, just trust mm -hmm. that we know all of those things. Like we already have thought about it where it's, it's in our, our head constantly. And so then, you know, when you hear from somebody else, it makes you kind of maybe stop and pause again. And so I like, I don't tell my parents now that I go until I, I tell them when I get back. And it's, it's funny, like speaking to Bethany's point, they never, my brother also does things and he, it's amazing. Oh. He hasn't hurt himself, hurt himself at all. And he doesn't get that from them. Like he does not get all the warnings from him. And I'm like, he's the one you should be worried about. Like, you know? And so, yeah, that's just my big, biggest piece of advice is just, you know, like try to just hold that back. Like you can think those things and be worried for us, but just 
just know we we know like we know the things because we're thinking about them constantly yeah yeah i i wrote uh just a little blog piece once about um feeling afraid on trail sometimes or like you know dominique you said um I'm more scared of humans on trail than animals. And that's it's the same for me. You know, a bear, I know how to act and um, know what to do if I encounter a bear on trail. And it's less likely to have a bear encounter than someone who might be an unsafe person on trail. So just trying to move. Um, good. All right. Next question we're going to go into. Um, this is actually, um, Terry, your turn. And you already answered this a little bit, which is ironic because, um, it's what others can do. So let's just circle back to that a little bit. And, um, because this is, uh, you know, when Ian asked if I'd be interested in doing this, like it does come from an educational standpoint too, of not like, oh, you know, like, listen to like all these stories, but like, let's actually talk about what, how we can share this knowledge of when you meet someone on trail, they might be scared. Um, they might be like sizing you up a little bit to see if you're a safe person or not. And then some people really don't go through the world with that lens of like, what do you mean you don't feel safe to like camp by yourself at night? Um, and the woods is not uh, historically safe um, place for lots of people. So Terry, coming back to that question, you know, like what can others do? And, um, if there's anything you want to add on that and then we'll open it to the floor too. Yeah. Well, I would say the other thing is just listen when people mm -hmm. are telling you their experience. Um, you know, like you said, like, don't, when we are saying this is what it's like, you know, like believe us that that is what it's like that, you know, yeah, we might, I was camping with a friend one night and we were at a, a place where it was, there were like two, like two other men were also camped there because it was really limited spaces. And I mean, I, I spent most of the night just kind of like not sleeping because I didn't know them at all. And I felt so vulnerable. Um, so, you know, like when we share those experiences, um, you know, think about, okay, so if you were in that situation, what could you do maybe to, to let the other women, that you're just sharing that space with like think about like remember that you've heard that like women might be nervous what can you say like that would maybe be helpful and not creepy or or mm -hmm. whatever um and yeah i think just that's the biggest piece is that you know yeah trust us you know just listen to us when we're sharing So if I can just add to that point, I think one of the things that can happen on trail when it comes to, um, I, I get are, now, before I say this, are we directing this towards like, what can men do? Or are we directing this towards like the collective can do everyone? Okay. So yes. my, my thing is when you're out on the trail, it's very important to alert people to your presence. I know mm -hmm. sometimes that we get lost in our own world, but just simply by saying, Hey, I'm here, I'm on your left, I'm on your right. I'm approaching. It adds a sense of um, safety to someone else. Um, I think in the part when it comes to men, I think the best way to um, 
is by education, like by educating other men. Like when you're, if you're a trail runner and you have friends that go out on trail and maybe they don't take this issue as serious as you do, I'm not saying you have to host a TED talk, but you can, you know, just every now and again, inform them of some of the things that women are worried about so that it's on the forefront of their mind as well. Yeah, I was um, actually just, <laughs> I have a post in my back pocket coming up about that same thing, uh, whereas to, that we can do, you know, um, ourselves and alerting folks because uh, especially I don't generally travel without my two giant shepherds. I can be very well, I have to be very aware, especially when I'm running, um, you know, this could be a, a very intimidating um, thing for someone to happen upon. And that was a, a big notion of it too, is just communicate, just say something, um you know let them know like you said on your left um and i guess that's that's um something that i've come to notice as well and i think the other point of it too is um for for men i guess would be um or maybe us in our own brains to just drop the expectation you know if i i, I don't have to be out there to smile at you and to make you feel like i was kind when i passed and you know <laughs> for me personally, let you pet my dog just because I was a cute girl with whatever, you know, that's not just not my responsibility. And it's taken me a very long time to get over that as well, because I am traditionally considered to be a, you know, outgoing person um, where, you know, the more in tune I am with what I need in that moment, my dogs to keep us moving forward and on trail, the, the better an experience we all have. And that one or two seconds in passing is really neither here nor there in the grand scheme, but it can feel very overwhelming um, on trail, I guess. Yeah. Yep. And um, yeah, I've had people, I have, I have a very small dog, very small dog, um, but you know, they're asking like, oh, can I pet your dog? And already like right. coming right in um, and already if petting I, him. And I've yep. actually picked him up before and I'm like, no. Right. You know, like, yes, I've had the same conversation actually with my husband just the other day because I just poof a light bulb went off and he said people never ask to touch a dog so I'm with him he's like I, nobody says shit to me you know yeah, and it's just, wow. what it's absolutely absurd they, they, the gender roles and the expectations mm -hmm. ingrained by society they run yeah. so yeah and that's what when we were trying to pick a topic for this you know we had lots of different you know like terms or you know like titles for it and we we decided on double standards and I, I feel like that is a double standard um sometimes that you see on trail or expected more of uh females to to be polite to be welcoming to smile and to let you pet your dog and so I like I appreciate all these points that you're making and one thing I would add to to this as well is, um, you know, what can the collective audience do? Uh, be very aware of your words. And so listening is a huge, huge point to it. And I think words are just, they're so powerful. And even, you know, I, I have, <laughs> so if a guy says something to me or someone says something to me and I'm offended by it, like I will say that. And a lots of times it comes back as like, oh, well, I, I meant it as a joke. Like, don't be so like, don't take it that way. And I've had to confront people 
on Instagram too, or blocked people outright on Instagram because you're making inappropriate comments on what I'm posting. And it's not, you know, this isn't a joke when we look at, you know, history and we look at sexual trauma and we look at um, all these things that add up. And, you know, like if you're making a joke about someone's body, that's offensive and it's uncomfortable and it's sexual harassment. And so when, even when I put up that post that, um, you kind of started this thing. It's not, I mean, it's not like we started this conversation. This conversation has been ongoing uh, for generations and centuries. Um, but when I posted that on social media, the first two comments I had to take off because they were inappropriate comments. And um, so, yes, listen and also be aware that um, jokes are they're not appropriate and most likely offensive in my, my opinion on that and dealing with them and tiresome. So I think one of, I just to throw out a little something for people to, um, I mean, if they would like to, to be able to read, there is a research that was done by Kendall Shore, um, David Scott and Myron Floyd, and it's called the constraints to outdoor recreation, a multi, mm -hmm. a multiple hierarchy and stratification. So basically what we're talking about is like the politeness of women and how men view that in the outdoor space and how they view how women are supposed to behave in these um, spaces, sands, it being indoor, outdoor, home, whatever. And I think for women, as well as men having these expectations, we have been programmed to think that we have to behave that way. And uh, one of the things that I want to let women know who go out into trail running is um, that's where you don't want to do that. Like the politeness and not listening to your intuition and not and speaking to everyone is a recipe for someone to be able to take advantage of you. So if anything, you kind of have to remind yourself before you go out into those spaces, and I do it for myself, is to be assertive. And you have to tell mm -hmm. yourself, this is where I need to be like assertive and intuitive at all times. So just to add that little piece into there. Yeah. And this is, this is a great segue too, because my last question is, um, any hopes you have for this community is also advice. So it's, it's building off of this before I just open the floor to, to the panel to leave any more remarks out there and then we'll check on questions. And if we're still good on time, we'll, we'll keep going a little bit with this, but, um, I love how you reference like the articles on that, um, as an outdoor educator, um, for a lot of male students and fewer female students. And, um, it's, it's really important, you know, to like, to talk about those things. And, um, and I see it in my outdoor classes too, of just communication styles. So that's, that's a part of my advice too, of, um, you do not have to be polite and assertive communication is very effective communication. And that is um, what we can all obtain to practice. So advice, hopes, advice, hopes. I'll go first because mine will just be quick. <laughs> I guess my advice um, is what I've come to have to learn myself as well, which is 
if you even if you think you want to do something um, and you feel anything at all holding you back, um, just don't hesitate to reach out and to ask. Ask somebody who knows more than you about that thing. Um, you know, show them that you're interested and they'll connect you with ways to get to get more comfortable, more acclimated with it. So I think that also ties into, I guess, to my hope is that, you know, we as women um, can continue to network in the name of just, you know, building comfortability um, out on the trail. Yeah, I would say, yeah, my hope um, is just to get more, all the women that want to go out there, that are thinking about going out there, who say, oh my gosh, I would like to do that, to be able to get them out there, to find the ways that we can break down the barriers that keep them from the trail. Um, and I, I am such a believer in the collective movement. I think that's a power. I think women's ability to cooperate and work together is one of our superpowers. And that is like for our women who FKT, that's what we're, we're realizing is that when we are working together, we are getting, we're just creating these amazing networks. And so my hope is, is that we continue to build the cooperation and the, you know, just collective work together to, to get everybody out there that wants to be out there. Yeah. That's a, that's a huge hope of mine too. And to create more of a sense of belonging for um, all people, um, all races, all genders, all sexual identities, um, all socioeconomic backgrounds, all ages, um, and all ability, uh, mental and physical ability. So creating a, a more inclusive place of belonging and acceptance and welcome, you know, yeah, just to follow that up, my hope is, um, you know, I'm passionate about running trail. And one of the things that I will say is, as far as when we talk about diversity, um, and just like women in general, if you don't see yourself out, you know, you know, within media or within the sport, that's the perfect time for you to see actually yourself, like go out and do it and create it, and then inspire the next person uh, mm -hmm. to come out and join you, right? Uh, mm -hmm. But my hope overall is that as we're talking about gender equality, and we're talking about inclusion and diversity, that we don't lose sight of being able to get on the back end of things, whether it's getting hired, you know, in the companies that put on these races, mark these trails, whether it's being like we said, the photographers, that we take our seat and know that we belong as women in all of those spaces, because that's what is going to get the, the look out there for other women to go, okay, I do see myself, I can do this too. So that's my hope. Yes. That's great. Are, the, are there any questions that um, the panel wants to ask or raise before I ask Anne if we have anything in chats? So I have a question for you ladies. Sorry, I'm a talker. No, I love it. I love it. <laughs> So we, we've talked about women uh, on the trail and feeling safe. And I would like to know how you guys look at the idea of uh, women of color on the trail and creating that safe and open space within your trail running community for uh, those women like myself. Yep. Well, I get, I'll start. Um, I mean, I, I think about this question a lot and as um, 
a uh, race director, that was like something we really wanted to try to, you know, what, you know, what could we do um, to encourage that? And so um, what we came up with this last year was um, we just set like, we just encouraged um, people of color and different genders, um, uh, like transgender, like people from a diverse, like, like from, from communities that they felt were underrepresented. We just invited them to reach out to us and we gave them free entries. And we didn't, it was just like, you say, this is you. Perfect. Welcome. Come in. We want you here. Um, Cause it's, it, it's hard sometimes to think like, what can we actually do? I feel like so much of the time, like we need to sit back and um, you know, let our, so I, one of my good buddies uh, is a woman of color who, um, is you know creating uh she does a lot of trail work so she's creating her you know um trail crews to get people out you know and inviting from the local groups like that and so i just i'm always just asking like so you know what can i do like and so you know so i do photography like to help with that to get more you know images that way but i feel so much uh like you know it's not my place to lead here i just am trying to listen and learn and take you know, take direction of what is going to be most, you know, helpful. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's a tricky question, especially, I mean, Portland, we did, I mean, we're just not a very diverse place, let's be honest. So, you know, it, um, sometimes I, I, I get a little like frustrated, like, why can't I think of more things or what else can I do? Um, but it's definitely something I'm thinking about all the time, especially with our trail towns that are up here that, you know, don't always feel so safe. Like if people are through hiking the PCT, some of them are not always welcoming. I came off the trail one time uh, near Mount Rainier into one of the towns there with my brother who is, um, he's gay. And it was like this huge Trump rally. And we were like, <laughs> you know, and I thought, I mean, like, how do we, I'm not sure how, how do we work on those kind of things? Like, those are things that I'm thinking about. Like, how do we get you know, those spaces to feel more welcoming, because I know that that is a problem for people that I've talked to. Um, so yeah, it's a work in progress. I don't know that that answered your question very well, but that's, I'm thinking about it a lot and trying, trying to learn and listen so that I can do things that are helpful. And so where I'm at in the Adirondacks, it, it's 96% white uh, population. And I teach at a college and believe it's a 92% white population. And so for my students of color, it can be, you know, it's a very uncomfortable experience at times. And there's um, a lot being done to try to, um, well, uh, confront um, racism in these areas. And what I, do for students. Um, I try to highlight athletes and activists who are doing the work um, to show that um, people are doing it, they're out there. And then also to what's being done in the North Country, because it is such a predominantly white area, um, trying to bring together colleges and um, populations of um, people of color, um, Black and Latino hikers, so that they can actually hike together and it's not just one black student going on a hike with, you know, like 20 white kids and being that one black kid um, on this hike, you know, like, and that's actually gaining momentum. Um, SUNY Potsdam 
is the college in this area that's um, leading it. And they have a great director who's um, like taking that charge and really like empowering youth that way. So I think it's, I think it's in movements like that where you connect people who are already doing it. And, and then to also um, in the town I, I, I am in, we have a diversity committee and we're addressing um, how we can make our town feel more belonging. Yeah, that uh, I'm not far. I'm obviously right down <laughs> the road from you there. So I think I'm definitely still very much in those formative stages as well. Of It, it really is in this area, the word that you use, a confrontation, I would say. Um, like, you know, I guess I, I'm still in the stages of learning that there's something to be said about just being comfortable with conversations, being a listener, um, you know, because that's something that's new, quite honestly, in this region. It's it, not treating it like it's a ripple through, you know, ripping through and changing everything. No, this is progression. This is progress. That's what it is. So I think for me, it's just learning how to be a part of the conversation. And a lot of that right now comes from listening. I think I also have a question if um, if time allows for all of you um, for any advice that you may have for some for those who are new to the trail, um, specifically trail running, you know, um, if there's any like uh, short words of advice for those just picking it up. Well, I can go. I would say, um, you know, start easy start you know start with small chunks um and build your confidence so you know if if it's just like the local trail and it's just a couple of miles like it's easier sometimes i think to see people doing like these really amazing big things on you know social media and you're like oh my gosh i i don't really count unless i'm doing a 50k or whatever and that's just simply not true it's it's what you know trail running is just it's just running on a trail for as long as you want to and if that's a short amount of time that's beautiful and if it's a long amount of time that's beautiful too um but you just you, you just got to start somewhere and and like give yourself the grace to you know to have it be what is right for you i you know i i just feel like there's people judge themselves so harshly sometimes about what they're doing how fast they're doing it and all those things and we just need to let that go because you know it's really just about getting out there and enjoying ourselves so that's my my first piece of advice start start small Absolutely. I mean, I have a, a saying, it says, find your dirt and connect. And however you do that, that's how you do that. And, but one big advice I would say is you don't need all the gear, like don't get online <laughs> <laughs> and like spend a whole bunch of money on everything that you think you need as a trail runner, like be smart about your shoes. Um, that's important. And your socks are very important. And um, just get out there and figure out what feels good to you. There's no other person's expectation. So as long as you find your dirt and connect, that's where you want to, that's where you want to be. Love that. Love that. Yeah. Find your bliss. Like it's um, should be, well, it's joyful. It can be very joyful and to just, yeah, go out and connect with nature and connect with yourself too. Like that's something that I found through trail running 
you know, I was coming out of college and I just had this epiphany of like, oh, I'm not training for soccer like preseason. And so I was just really a little lost, you know, without a sport. And I got to connect with my voice again on trail and with God and with um, the greater community. So we did have a question pop up and I'm not sure if we could get that back. Ian. Okay, here we go. Uh, ladies, do you feel these biases have become more frequent specifically since COVID with an increase of people who are out on the trails and, or is there more awareness of bias as you've increased your time on the trails? Great. I would say absolutely. Um, when COVID first happened and we were, everything was shutting down, um, a lot of people started, all they had were the trails and these open outdoor spaces. So then it became um, more of taboo to say that you're actually going out on the trail because now everybody's out on the trail mm -hmm. and you're out there and you don't really have a mask on. So now there's all these new um, things. So I got a lot of kickback negative feedback from still going out to run. Um, but I kind of just had to put that behind me and know that I was taking all the safety precautions that I needed to, to take. Um, afterwards, I would say with COVID, one of the gender biases, biases that um, I've experienced is um, people saying, well, if you get sick, you know, like they never worry about my husband and he mm -hmm. has like the most like contact with people ever. Um, but for me, it was like, well, if you get sick, you're going to affect the whole family and you're doing this wrong. And so, yeah, there was a lot of, I would say, back and forth with that. I don't know about everybody else, but I also feel like being, you know, going through COVID and having so much time to think and read and reflect um, for me personally, like, you know, has led to a lot of my own growth in understanding and learning them. Um, and I feel like out on the trails, I have seen a combination of some people that are more willing to just kind of be jerks and not feel bad about it, you know, like kind of saying stuff. But at the same time, I also feel like I've seen more people that are actually trying to be more aware and more welcoming. So kind of a mix of both um, mm -hmm. in all of these areas that we're talking about. Um, so yeah, I would say it's, it's kind of been a mixed bag of things. I feel we like we're, we're all just going through so much. And I feel sometimes we're all we're just kind of a little bit raw when we get out there, right? Like, mm -hmm. some of our abilities to to, you know, like a lot of a lot of the things a lot of the ways that we would, um, you know, kind of contain ourselves or, or whatever, just seem like they've just been kind of scrubbed off. So yeah, I would say, I would say I've seen biases in both directions, better behavior and also worse behavior. Yeah. Yeah. The COVID's an interesting component of it. Uh, the Adirondacks are so big. I feel like during COVID, I started just going to pockets that weren't as um, trafficked. And, and that was nice. I even started doing more night hiking. And, um, and that was pretty cool. And the other part of that question, so from 2009, I think that was around, yeah, 2009 was like when I first started hiking and trail running. From 2009 to 2022, I have noticed like the general education around issues, you know, regarding race, regarding gender, regarding like socioeconomics and the privilege of being in these spaces has gone up. 
Um, I do see more dialogue around it. I see more articles around it. I see more documentaries around it, more groups. Um, I think social media is doing a great job at that as well, like groups, individuals. Um, there's so many amazing people to follow and groups to follow. So I, I am hopeful around that because I do see education uh, increasing. Yeah, I totally have to agree with that. I think um, the amount of articles from 2019 to 2022 currently have been exponential when it comes to highlighting all of these different areas that were like the silent secret within the yep. community. So yeah, I yeah. have to agree. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, Ian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, thank you uh, for all of that. I think it's an interesting just to listen, right? And learning even as simple as something uh, that I said to start uh, off or earlier in the episode where I said it was awesome to be watching my uh, one of my daughters in the track meet and her fast relay team uh, running down the boys team. And I'm like, that's awesome. And then Dominique here, you say, well, you're not necessarily, you weren't at the merits of being a good athlete unless you were beating boys. I was like, Oh wait, is that just kind of another inherent, you know, bias? Should I, should, should I feel bad about celebrating that this the girls are just, you know, crushing to see this boy look over his shoulder and just like, I don't know if like, I just, I don't know. There's, you read into the situation and it's like, um, I, I don't know, you know, but in any case, it was, I can shut up. I think you were getting what I was saying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's cool to celebrate that the, you know, the girls are winning, but also it's important to teach the boys that it's not a big deal that the girls are beating mm -hmm. them. Right. Mm -hmm. Like that's really the important part. Like, yeah, let's celebrate it. But let's also say like, it, you shouldn't, don't be horrified. Like mm -hmm. she's, just, she's just faster than you. It's fine. Right? <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. And normalize it too. You know, like, yep. Yeah. I definitely think it's important to uh, celebrate whenever they're winning. Right. That would, we'd be wrong not to, but uh, I just say celebrate the wins. Like if she's beating out the girls, like you would celebrate the win if she's beating out the boys and that's yeah. just the, you know, she's not yeah. better for it. She's just a great athlete. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 And they are, um, but in my own head to be, well, I, I guess that I'm, I think I'm, I don't know. I, I think I'm seeing that from, from that perspective, I guess, because I'm just as much celebrating in the moment, seeing those bears, like you mentioned, Terry getting broken down, like before my eyes to a certain extent and, and maybe some react to it more than others. And it's just becoming not as, or it's becoming more commonplace, uh, I guess. Um, so, and particularly in that age, uh, I mean, I guess it happened at all ages. Maybe that's not a fair statement either, but I was about to say as they're younger and before both the boys and girls have developed, I feel like it's seems like a bit more level playing field and then who knows where everybody develops, uh, from there. But, um, but I don't know. So it was interesting to, to try to check my own, I think, perceptions, uh, in the moment, uh, as I'm, uh, listening. One of the things, um, Bethany uh, Myers that you, I think it was Bethany uh, versus Terry um, had spoken of was just being out there and uh, being able to, I think, 
take the time in being on the trails to be in your own moment and not feel like you're have to be on the hook to act a certain way or entertain other people talking, let alone your dogs or whatever. And I remember, uh, was it just a year ago that there was a fairly, um, very media size or the media really ran with the story of uh, a woman. I don't even remember where it was in the country, but just out on her daily runs and she would pass by this uh, old, old guy's house on her daily routine all the time. And, and she would basically never, I think, say hi. And I think the guy was always looking for a response and saying hi. And she jumped to the conclusion that she was just not a nice person or whatever, because she'd never respond. And, and for her, she was like, need to break down that stereotype of like, look, I'm out here and like my run, like everybody's demanding my time and attention from my kids to my work, to my spouse, to whatever, like, this is my time out here. Like I don't have to be responsible to um, be this nice person to say hello or, or whatever. And, and my first reaction was like, yeah, like totally, like I, I totally get that. But then the other part of me was still, I don't know. Like, I feel like I get it, but I want the world to be not necessarily be about genders and it shouldn't be different. There shouldn't be a dual standard between, you know, if you, if that guy's got a guy running by the house, you know, you should, that a guy should turn and, you know, be happy or wave like in the same regard. I feel like, I don't know, to treat individuals or all of us be treating each other as, I don't know, like nice individuals. And if like somebody says hi to me, like, even if I don't want to, I feel like I should still go out of my way to say hi and like smile back. And I can see it being different if it's a dual standard. And so I want to respect where she's coming from, especially because too often women historically, as well as very much now, I think there is that double standard. But again, I, I want it to be, I want us all to be, I don't know, connected and responding to one another. So I don't know if that, that's probably different from my vantage point than it would be for your vantage points. Yeah, I think it's different for everyone. Go for it. Yeah, I was going to say, I think it's different too. The way that you're coming at it is from a way of communicating and with a well-intended thought of, you know, I'm here to connect versus somebody who is demanding of attention for their own personal gain. Yeah. 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 You know, I I think even, even you reflecting and questioning, obviously doesn't put you anywhere within that realm. And that's a part I think that we're, you know, our ask, I guess. Yeah. I think too, when we're talking about speaking, you, we look at the fact of what women have to think about what high means to saying hello to a man versus what high means for a man saying it to just other people for us saying hi can open the door for an interaction that we may not want. And so our version is just to not say anything at all. Right. So where yours is a well-meaning coming from a well-meaning place, uh, we can't always think as women from a well-meaning place. We have to think from like a safety and respect our own time and space standpoint. So, yeah. 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 But, and to all of your points, I, I uh, or uh, a related concept there of where you're saying for at least Bethany, where you should be worried about, um, your parents should be worried about your brother in terms of going out there and that double standard uh, there too, where the amount of things that you are all thinking about already, like don't ask us uh, about these things because yeah, we're considering it uh, all the time. Um, Yeah. And it gets, and it gets in our head. Like if you, you know, if we keep hearing it, right. Like at some point you thought, I start thinking, well, gosh, like, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. Like that is a thing that, you know, you have to fight against. And so that's like the problem, like just continue to ask. It's like, we're already struggling against that. And so, yeah, yeah it, it just, you know, 
it makes you question yourself and then, you know, mm-hmm. and you, when you're trying to push yourself into uncomfortable things. And, yeah. yeah. And on that point too, Terry, cause I just wanted to say in general too, like there's nature and there's nurture and then, yeah, there's hormones that kick in on different levels um, for everyone. So I think the mental though, like when we study runners and running, like the mental component is such a strong component. So if you're just like telling someone from a young age that they're not as strong as an athlete, it's like that will kick in during a race as well. Um, And I see this and I see this in like, you know, females that I go out with on trail. I also like going back to what Terry was saying um, and that came up a little bit. Sometimes I have dropped out of like a longer winter um, trail run in a way because like I don't want to be if something went wrong, I don't want to be judged as a woman who was out there and didn't know what she was doing because I certainly know what I'm doing and I had the gear and stuff just goes wrong. But there's times when I've dropped and I was certainly influenced by um, that. You had uh, spoken briefly on the things that could just be done. Um, And I don't, I think from my vantage point as a um, white male that I know I have my own inherent biases. Uh, I grew up in um, Amish country area of uh, Pennsylvania, very, um, very homogenous. I think we probably had I don't know, maybe one family of color in our uh, school, uh, maybe like two in the district. Uh, and like, I don't, trying to, to move off of and acknowledge my own inherent biases uh, while trying to figure out what would be the appropriate thing to do to, in this case, increase uh, representation and diversity uh, on the trails and in the spaces like, I'm not sure what the right thing to do is there uh, in that equation. And, and for at least on the vantage point of uh, girls. And, and so, sorry, I'm talking tangentially. Part is that's cause, just because my brain works inefficiently that way. So I apologize. The other part is just fatigue. Uh, but the, I, I feel like in the past, uh, maybe say 10 years, uh, I think we've started to look at the foundational pieces. So looking long-term. So it's not necessarily as easy to just pull somebody immediately into sport or immediately into trails. And so can we go to uh, the roots to build the, the bases? And so you've seen programs like Girls on the Run, uh, which has been, I think, a very successful program in a lot of communities. Um, I don't think that I was aware of until this past year or so when I tried to intentionally start trying to say, all right, what can I do as an event director to uh, bring uh, more people of color into the community. And, and uh, so then I discovered the black man running. And so I reached out to a Brooklyn chapter and then recently um, somebody with a uh, chapter in Philadelphia. And I've uh, reached out then to, there's a black, uh, uh, I can't remember, might be, it seems like it should be black women running, but I think it's black girls running. Uh, so sorry, I can't remember which one it is there, but I feel like I've tried and tried, um, but it hasn't really like gone anywhere so far. I've offered free race entries. I've offered even shoes. It's like, if you're just not experienced, like, so there's some of the communities where they do track and roads, but like trails still outside of, they just haven't done it. And they seem interested, but just haven't done it. So I was like, what, what can I do to break down some of the barriers? We can do some group runs. I can offer uh, trail shoes. I can give you the comp entries. 
and it just does it's not it doesn't seem to be getting anywhere and then i only have so much time to like put toward it so like i like i don't know one whether that's the appropriate thing to be doing or whether i could be putting those energies elsewhere and this could be speaking to you all from a vantage point of being women um uh, if it's maybe it's the part of the uh, puzzle puzzle that you've all referenced as well, where uh, if you do have more responsibilities, like you're like, I'm having to think of all these things first. I'm having to think of home. I'm having to think of work. And, and so maybe it's tough to even get to a point where um, a higher proportion of women feel like they can justify uh, getting out there. And then beyond women, people of color, like on top of that. Um, and it happens to be like the, the, these organizations or these clubs or these groups just from population density uh, tend to be maybe in city areas. One was uh, again in Brooklyn, one was in Philly. And when I talk to these individuals, one of the barriers is feeling safe on trails. And I don't think that's necessarily it. I would imagine though I could be wrong uh, that it would be magnified for women, that it'd be magnified as people of color, that you're going to be perceived differently and people are going to feel I don't know, maybe less safe if they come around a turn and there's a black man or a black woman there like on the trail, like what are their own then biases that come out in that moment? Um, so long way of coming around to saying like, I don't know, from your vantage points as a woman or Dominique as a woman of color, what more can I be doing or what angles should I go about it or where should I be putting those time or resources? And sorry that that was so long and tangential. No, that that's fine. Um, I do want to, I do want to address something, and it's not like a a jab at you. But one of the things that you said is, um, the fear on the other end of seeing someone black or someone of color coming on a trail. I think for black people, and women of women of color and people of color in general, our fear is seeing you coming around on the oh. other end of the trail because historically, being out in the wilderness is not safe for us. Mm -hmm. um, so there is a lot of fear. And, and as you were talking before about offering these, um, like free shoes or free race entries, if the rapport is not built up from a standpoint before you're offering these free things, it feels almost tokenized. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as a woman of color, I don't want to enter in a space where I can be where you go, well, that's my one black friend. That's my one look at where, how diverse we are. There's a relationship that has to be built before that point. And I think that you putting your foot out there is a great stepping stone because the next time you go to initiate it, they'll go, oh yeah, he's tried for a while. He's not just doing this for, you know, Black History Month or whatever the case may be. So um, honestly, I think it's great that you're trying and it may not work the first time around, just being honest, because there has to be a feeling of safety and rapport that's built. But the next time you may get one or two people and then you may get three or four people. But like you said, it's not a it's not something that's going to happen overnight. There there has to be some kind of relationship that that is built there. Um, and then not for me to be long, long winded. But uh, as a woman of color, like I said, when these races and these things are happening, sometimes it feels um, as if I'm entering into a secret space that I'm normally not allowed into because a lot of these races are by word of mouth. So mm -hmm. I'm wondering 
is there anybody out there that's a part of that's a race director or out there at those checkpoints that look like me? Are they going to take my safety concerns seriously if I get injured out there? Are they going to help me or are they just going to look at me as like a hindrance or, oh, well, you shouldn't even really be here or this is not your sport or whatever the case may be. So making sure like the backdrop, I think we talked about this a little bit earlier, looks and represents the community and the people that you're trying to reach is as important as the people that are stepping on the, the line to race. So hopefully that makes that makes sense. It it does. Uh, yeah. And so it does. Well, I'll just I mean, I've, I have a, just a little bit to add, you know, like I said, I have been a race director out here and we have, you know, reached out um, and you're trying to make those same kind of things that you're talking about. And it does, it does take a lot of time. We had the most success when we use people that we already knew that have, are running our races to share the word and they're sharing to their networks. Um, and I think that taking away the barrier of just like, just emails, if you want to run and we just send you, I'm not, I didn't, there, there was no questions. There was no, I, I did not need anyone to certify what, you know, like it just didn't matter. Like just, we want you to run and come in. And I think taking those barriers off are helpful because we do have other um, groups in the area that I've seen that kind of like, well, we're going to, we have a committee and we're going to review your you know application. And I'm like, that just, I think would make it as easy as possible. And like, yeah, and like Dominique said, like build, building the relationships and using like, especially the people that you already know that might have those connections to the community is to help you, you know, ex, you know, and have them do an audit of what you're doing. Like, what are they seeing that is not, mm -hmm. does makes them uncomfortable? Um, that has, that was really helpful, you know, for us to try to, to go through that process and talk to people that we knew that we, you know, knew would get really honest feedback up from, so. Great, so they were some of the things that uh, I think I had just jotted down uh, mentally uh, in listening. Um, yeah, that was the, yeah, um, <clears throat> uh, ongoing. I don't know if, uh, you know, if there are breakoff topics to um, explore further. Uh, this, um, at least this channel is always open uh, to any of you. Um, Bethany, as you continue to uh, work through uh, what you're working on uh, in your book or whatever writings, you are always welcome to <clears throat> do your own thing here. You could have your own channel. You can set up your own uh, uh, interviews. Um, um, so just know that the- FKTs, have an FKT, FKT channel. There we <laughs> the go. New FKT. Yeah. I haven't been, I've been the, um, I was covering the more where there was a little bit of an absence, absence in uh, races. Uh, and then I switched, switched the format a little bit with Trails Collective, uh, this this time around or this year part is just uh trying to make the time for it but beth are you still tuning in or the fkt is just as active at the moment as i'm just not able to look in i feel like the last several weeks i have looked and it just doesn't seem like it's as active on the fkt boards um i feel it is and i feel it's um fkts are becoming more inclusive too it's um it's a growing um you know it's not just for uh, the elite person anymore. And I think that's a really great trend because you can go on the website and you can find something that um, suits you and your speed and your strength. And 
so I, I don't know. I'm on that site just about like once a day and there's, <laughs> there's a lot, there's a not a lot tracking right now, but I feel like once the summer comes, we'll start seeing more of the, like the longer attempts going on on. And then for women who FKT, we have a big weekend coming up uh, June 4th and 5th uh, just to like get, women out and trying a fastest known time and trying to flip the stats. And, um, so. So that's just a general June 4th and 5th is just a, uh, women in FKT day type of thing. Yeah. 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 We, um, we decided to just, when we first started the project, we were like, well, will anybody even listen to this? Will anybody pay any attention? And so Marta Fisher, who's kind of leading up our our group, she's like, let's do one weekend and try to set as many as possible because that, you know, people will be like, oh, whoa, what's, you know, what's going on? And so that that's the genesis of that. Of course, out here in Oregon, it hasn't stopped snowing. So I don't know where <laughs> we're going to go. Like it just continues snowing. And so all of our routes are still um, covered. So we're all trying to adjust and figure out what we're going to do early in June. Um, but yeah, that was, that's the genesis of behind it. And when we talk about flipping the statistics, what we have a goal just here in Oregon, in Washington, but we'd like to actually see that to be greater than 50% of the FKT set this year set by women, because it's been just male dominated forever. And so we thought it'd be fun. It's kind of, it's like, you know, going back to the boys against the girls, like you talk about, like, should we celebrate that? But we are kind of doing the boys against the girls thing. Cause there's a little bit of motivation in that. Um, and we just thought it would be cool to, to try to see if we could do that. Like how many could we set if we put our minds to it and got people recruited and uh, we're recruiting all kinds of runners and hikers. That's it's cool. Cause you can also bring in hikers and people that are enjoying the trails, but are maybe not your, you know, who you traditionally think of as setting FKTs cool if there's something that we can do to try to i don't know what that would be um i'm putting on cayuga trails on june 4th and then another race lucifer's crossing on june 5th so personally i'll be uh socked but there's got to be something that we can do to try to support it as well um in advance or or cover it um if you all um think of anything that i could do from my vantage point for sure let me know and i can at least spread the word um It'd be cool seeing some of there's just I don't know how it is in the uh, west and um, northwest and at least southwest moment. I know, and I'd much rather have the snow than uh, some of the uh, southern and mountain west being on fire continually. Oh yeah, um, I know. I know. <laughs> had, you've had your share, yes. uh, Dominique. Where are you based again? You're. I'm in Antioch, California, so I'm right outside the Bay Area. So I'm like right in the middle of all the regional parks area. Nice. Um, and so you've, I guess you've had your share of uh, fire and blowing in. Um, but Terry, you, I mean, I don't know whether, if, whether it makes it over and, and makes it to you, Dominique, whereas Terry, I think you've had your share in the Portland uh, or the Oregon coast rather the past couple of years. It was some pretty heavy smoke um, issues. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. We've, yeah. A lot of our state's been on fire the last few years and a lot of the, beloved like our favorite trails have burned and you know aren't in the process of rehab um the columbia gorge had a massive fire um that we're still recovering from and still working on trails 
um, getting those back together. But uh, yeah, so we're, yeah, the, the snow is amazing. It's great, but it just kind of foils yeah. our, foils our attempts on getting, getting up in the mountains. So, you know, but I'd much rather have the snow than the fire for sure. Yeah. So if it, um, sorry, it took us on a tangent there. Um, all that was coming from a place of, I still seeing, am seeing some of these uh, classic routes, at least in the Northeast being, you're seeing um, maybe some men, going after in very competitive fashion uh, some of the routes that I've looked at and I just don't see the as many women going after them just yet so it would be awesome if there's uh, yeah. uh, Bethany yes. there's several of you coming out of Connecticut there's Michelle that's picked yeah. off a couple there's so it's for sure happening and so I see that tide building and it would be pretty awesome if it if it eclipsed what I'm seeing yeah coming I mean I see the numbers rising for sure and just new names like on the board and um yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Um, well, sorry, I'll keep taking us in tangents and uh, I'd want to, um, I want to appreciate and value all of your time. I would again, be more than happy and stoked to um, have you all on again in a same vein or taking a different tangent. I started listening to a brought up free trail uh, podcast as I was coming in this evening, just in like the 10 minutes in the car. Um, and I think the, um, uh, three of them. It was, I don't know whether it's titled this episode or whether it's just always the three individuals um, doing it, uh, referencing title nine. Um, and they were about to, I think, dig in on, I don't know, it was a blur, but I think it was like um, menstruation and that might've been like the, the focus of, of this one. Um, but if there's anything, again, a platform, not that you can't all have your own and maybe you already do have your own podcast out there, but this platform is definitely open to you if you want to dig on, dig in on any of the, uh, women's, uh, issues. And I'd also love to have a, another dedicated one. I've talked to a couple of people recently about also having, uh, or going a little bit, uh, further or deeper in talking about the, um, uh, people of color and trails, uh, there, uh, as well. Um, so um dominique if you're interested i can reach uh, back out to you um or you can touch base with me if you're interested and I'll, I'll keep you in that loop um but thank you is there anything else that you all would like to toss in before i let you go just a quick uh another thing for maybe the listeners and i know there's two people on here uh terry and ian you guys do the on the race directing in uh, there's a good article by Eliz- elizabeth Corey from trail sisters and she talks about the tangibles of what you can actually do within racing to increase women um you know coming out and running and then some tangible um things that they've done within their running group and i thought it was just a great article so if you're interested i want to check it out yeah yeah i will check that out yeah Uh, we yeah we love what the trail sisters are doing they're doing wonderful work What on the, as an RD that, man, um, I, um, I gotta make the time to make these things happen again, a work and evolution, like in process of all the things that, uh, juggling, sometimes I just fail to stop and do the things that I just still need to do, um, and just get there. But one of the things is like, for instance, I've referenced it earlier, just like carving out the, a dedicated spot on the like starting line. And, and some of the races, I don't know. I don't like, I don't know how that goes. Like, I don't, well, I guess I, I don't, it's not up to me how that goes. I guess I just need to do it. And, and then how it goes is, is how it goes. And at least offer the, uh, the opening or the possibility. Um, but I also yeah. like what the trusters have done. 
Yeah, you know, actually, I did want to make, I, you know, when I was invited to this panel, I was Googling like what you were up to and everything and thinking about, you know, um, would I feel welcome at your trail races and stuff? And one thing I would say is like when you're putting all of your images together for your races, like look at them critically and think, are you showing a lot of type of types of people that are doing your races? Um, or are you, you know, showing just a very specific type? Because, you know, I'm a, I'm a slow runner. I am, I'm much more of a hiker and, um, I'll, I'll be honest. I'm like looking at yourself. I'm like, Oh my God, like, these look really hard and those cutoffs look really, really, you know, harsh. And I don't know that this race is for me. So if you want mm -hmm. to invite people in, it's, it's looking at all those things critically as well. Do you have larger people? Do you have people, you know, like what all, what all do you have on there? And that's, I think, you know, just a little thing that, you know, it's really easy to, to forget about, but it matters because when you're looking at a race and evaluating, if you want to, you know, do it if you don't see yourself in those images that that can be something that keeps you away from it mm -hmm. for sure so just a little comment cool thank you yeah yeah right on all right well thank you all of you um so, all right. Um, so uh, I will hopefully catch up with you more. Um, thank you for your time uh, tonight. And Bethany will sure be in contact as we continue to be uh, along the way. Uh, so uh, thank you. I think I'm going to close out for anybody who's left. I'm going to try to share my screen and you, you're welcome to stay on or um, cut out. I think I was able to get the um, video of the individual that we had on earlier running who just... Um, let me see if I can share my screen here. Um, and thank you all. Came from the West Coast to the East Coast. So great job, ladies. I'll be in touch personally with all of you. And thanks, Ann. Totally. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, oh, I'm going to fail again. All right, we'll get there on the tech end. But I think it was just her um, who was on earlier just cranking uh, in that race uh, relatively. So I will plug it in the next, next episode for anybody who are still uh, tuning in. Um, I'll have to get the tech figured out. So for those who joined us uh, this uh, episode, those who are joining after the fact, thank you again so much uh, for making Trails Collective part of your uh, social media uh, feed and streams. Um, I'm not sure yet what's coming up uh, next week, um, but I will plug it here shortly. And I hope you all have fun adventures planned for the rest of the week and the weekend. And until that time, see you.